you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. If you have your Bibles... Would you turn in Matthew chapter 26? It's Pentecost Sunday. Anybody thankful for the church? Anybody thankful for the birth of the church? Thankful for what God has done in bringing us into this wonderful church and this wonderful truth that he has brought us into. Matthew chapter 26. I don't want to preach just a normal... uh, Pentecost Sunday message, but I believe that the Lord has laid something on my heart this morning, and uh, and uh, we want to see where God wants to take us today. You know, when a, a pilot is flying his airplane, streaking across the sky, he's talking all the time to air traffic controllers on the ground. When he calls, there is a response. And they let him know with the other instruments in his airplane and radar and vectors and all that kind of stuff that he is on the right course. It's a little bit like preaching this morning. I may be behind the controls, but I'd like to call out to you every once in a while, and I'd like to know that I'm on the right track. All right? So how many are going to preach with the preacher this morning? That hand clap is a signed contract, I want you to know. Matthew 26, beginning at verse number 20, or 36, rather. And the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. The Bible says that he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He knew what he was facing in the days to come. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Verse number 39, the Bible tells us, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy wilt. I was reading this scripture And something stood out to me 
very plainly, very simple thought. But I want to title my message by going back to number 39 and reading that first little phrase. And he went a little further. And he went a little further. By the time that I'm done preaching to you this morning, I want somebody in this place to understand that no matter how far you have gone, no matter how far out of the grasp of the Lord that you may think that you are, and no matter how far that you think that He has already traveled to reach you, I want you to know this morning that even when you think that God's gone to the end of His rope, I want you to know that He will go a little further. He will go a little further to reach you wherever you are this morning. Whatever it is that you're going through, God will go a little further. God will go a little further to reach for you. God will go a little further to call to you this morning. I wonder if you'd put your Bibles down and would you raise your hands with me one more time. And would you ask the Lord to have His way. Would you ask God to speak to us in this place. God, by the authority of Your Word and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, God, I declare that Your Word would go forth in this place today. God, and that it would accomplish that for which you have sent it. God, I pray that you would reach to that one or those two or those three, however many that may be in this place, God, that you have sent me with this message to preach to, God. I pray that you would anoint us, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to understand, and our, our hearts to receive and our minds to understand what you are saying to us today. And we give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. And everyone shout amen. Oh, come on, shout amen. You may be seated this morning. There are so many wonderful attributes of our God. Though time would not permit, we could spend hours, perhaps even days, talking about and reflecting on His countless wonders and His unmatched majesty. I could no doubt spend my allotted time this morning on any one of the innumerable virtues of my unrivaled Savior. I could try to the best of my ability to describe how merciful God is, but my limited vocabulary would fail to paint a picture so grand for you this morning. Because until you have come to Him and have had His mercy touch you, there is no way in, 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 in the world that yet you could understand nor could comprehend the depth of the mercy of God. I could entertain you today with accounts of His power and use words like omnipotent and omniscient. I could talk about how mighty He is and how He can do absolutely anything. But until you've had sickness or pain in your body, or until you've, had, you've been anointed with oil and had the name of Jesus called upon in prayer over you, and you felt the power of Almighty God course through your body and had that pain or that sickness leave, you have no way to comprehend. But you knew something happened because doctors confirm that something had changed but they couldn't explain it only then 
could you start to explain the power of God? You see, time and lack of ability would not allow me to even scratch the surface of the wisdom of His faithfulness, of His truth, of His might, of His compassion, and of His holiness. But I would sum up and tell you that David said it right when he declared in Psalm 145 and 3, Great is the Lord. His greatness is unsearchable. even begin to be able to comprehend how great my God is. But in our text that I read to you from this morning, we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane with His disciples just hours before, maybe perhaps just moments before He was taken into, into custody and, and tried in a makeshift court just before He was about to be sentenced to death on the cross, we find him in the garden. He's troubled. He doesn't know. He, he doesn't know the flesh part of Jesus. Doesn't know where to turn. He he would like for this cup to pass for him, him, and he even prayed it there in the garden. But he said, Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And in an attempt to separate himself and find a place to pray alone, the Bible says that Jesus went a little further. Though this phrase in Scripture is very little, literal, and I, I'm not here today to pull out something so deep that we have never seen in Scripture, but this phrase is very little or literal. I believe it gives us insight to what is perhaps one of God's greatest attributes, and that is simply just when you think you've seen it all, God goes a little further. Just when you think you've reached the limits of His grace and His mercy, He forgives you one more time, and He finds that you find that His grace is sufficient. Just when you think you've seen the fullness of His power, then there is no way out for you this time. God steps in on the scene, and He picks you up where you're at and he makes a way where there is no way. I want somebody to know today that just when you think he's gone as far as he can go, Jesus went a little further. Come on, he's reaching for you this morning. He's willing to go a little further than he has ever gone. He's willing to reach you right at the point of your need. Oh, somebody give him praise in the house this morning. <laughs> Just when you think that you're too weak and weary from the fight, he goes a little further, and you realize that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Just when you think he can't, God will, and he'll go a little further. He is a God that will always exceed our expectation. I won't call her name because I didn't ask her permission this morning. But part of part of my inspiration for this message today, my wife and I 
had dinner this week with a lady in this church who is a giant of faith in my eyes. She was prior to dinner, but I will say after that night, she elevated several spots in my vision. She had been through some things in her life that would cause many of us to lose our minds. She has experienced some things in life that many of us, had she ended up an alcoholic and hooked on prescription drugs, some of us might have said that she would have been justified due to what she has gone through. And we sat there after dinner at the table in my house. And I began to weep. I began to, I began to get choked up. And I looked over and my wife was getting choked up as this good dear lady who is, again, a giant in my eyes. We listened to her recount her life and where God had brought her from. And as tears streamed down her face, she told us about the depression that she was in. She told us about the loneliness. She told told us about the low self-esteem that she was facing and, and, and what she was going through when the Lord found her. And then with tears streaming down her face, she sat, she sat at my table and she looked at us and she said, I still can't believe that God would pick me. I can't believe that God would choose me. After all those things that I struggled with, I know now that God then, even then, although I didn't know it, that God had his hand on my life. She said that even in those moments, she knew, although she didn't understand, but she knew that there was a greater purpose. She said that people, she looked at me and she said, the funny thing is, is that people may wonder why I worship the way that I do, but they don't know where I was when God found me. Listen to me this morning. Don't you dare sit there and make fun or ridicule someone's worship or their walk with God as being over the top because you don't know where they were when God found them. You don't know what they were going through when God delivered them. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You don't know the pit of sin that I was in. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I was lost. I was undone. But you weren't there when he found me. You didn't feel what I felt when God came walking by and he called to me. You didn't hear what I heard him say to me the night I hit my knees in prayer at an old-fashioned altar and I gave my life to him and my life was never the same. Because just when I thought I was done for, God went a little further to meet me where I was. 
Come on, I believe I'm speaking to somebody in this house this morning that you shouldn't be here this morning. You should be six feet under the ground. You should have had your life messed up. You should be sleeping off a hangover this morning. But God reached to you on a bar stool. God reached to you at that moment when you stuck that needle in your arm and you began to shoot up. God reached to you in the pit of sin that you were in. I want to speak to somebody that may not know God like I know Him. And you look on this platform and you see people all dressed up, ties just right, dresses just right, hair fixed just right, and you think that they have never had a trouble in their life. But I want to tell you that they were where you were at. They were in a place that you found yourself in. But the grace and the mercy of Almighty God went a little further and reached them where they were. And if He did it for them, He can do it for for you. Come on, somebody give God praise right now. Somebody lift your voice. Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, stir up the gift that is inside of you this morning. In Mark chapter 2, We find a man that learned that Jesus would go a little further. You see, he had been plagued with some type of condition that rendered him bedfast. The Bible simply calls it pausing. He was unable to help himself. He had to rely on the kindness of others for even the most minuscule of tasks. I certainly... He certainly could not get to Jesus on his own. The Bible tells us that four friends carried him to the house where Jesus was. The issue, however, that faced them when they got to the house, when they arrived, was that the crowd was so great that was gathered. They were in such great number that the Bible says that it was utterly impossible for those men to get through the door of the house to get to where Jesus was. People, imagine with me, people occupied every square inch of the house. They were hanging from the second story windows. They were gathered on the porch. The porch perhaps was about maybe even to collapse under the weight of the crowd that was gathered there that day. It would have been impossible for one man to make it through the throng of people, let alone four men carrying a bed with a crippled man laying on it. I don't know whose idea it was, but one of them had an idea. They said, hey, let's get him up to the roof and let's, we can't get in the house any other way. Let's tear a hole in the roof. Could you imagine if the homeowner would have heard those words? He said, hey, let's get him to the roof. And they begin, as they got up there, they begin to uncover. They begin to tear away the covering. That they, until they had a hole not big enough just to see through. Because it wasn't enough just to see Jesus. Oh, I 
could preach on that this morning. It's not enough just to come to the house of God and just observe what's going on, but you got to get to where Jesus is. An observation will not save you. Observation will not heal you. But you got to get to where Jesus is. Bible says that they uncovered a hole big enough that they could let the man in the bed down. You see, desperation said that no matter if we have to tear this entire roof off this house and pay for it out of our pocket and come back later and replace it, then so be it. Because the issue was that they had to get the man to where Jesus was in order for him to receive what he needed to receive. I wonder what would happen in this service this morning if someone got desperate enough that you would say, no matter what I have to do, no matter how I have to act, And no matter how long I have to pray, I've got to get to where Jesus is. What would happen in this place if someone came to this altar this morning and you've been struggling and you didn't know where else to turn and you've tried everything? You've tried therapists, you've tried medication, you've tried everything, but nothing is getting any better. I still got the pain in my body. I'm still dealing with the depression. I'm still dealing with oppression. My life's a mess. My family's a mess. My children are a mess. I don't know where to turn. What would happen in this place today if that was you and you said, I don't care about protocol. I don't care what's someone thinks about me. I don't care if I have to interrupt the programming of the service. I came here with a need and I don't plan on leaving until I get an answer. You see, I feel, I fear rather that the problem with many of us and why we, why we just carry it around all day Long is because we are just content. They're getting close enough to the house, looking in the windows. Oh, there's Jesus. I know he's here. I'm just going to kind of step back and just watch everybody else get blessed. And I come with my need, and I've been dealing with it for years and years and years. And what's one more day? What's one more time leaving us? church service on a Sunday and walking out carrying that same need that I came in. I fear that we're too comfortable with just being on the outskirts and just seeing him afar off. But we need to this morning make up our mind that I'm not content with just seeing him. I'm not content with just being in proximity. But I got to get to where Jesus is. I got to have an answer today. Out of heaven, the Bible says that they tore a hole in the roof and they begin to lower the bed down. And the Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw the faith 
not of the man laying in the bed, but when Jesus saw the faith of the four men that were willing to do whatever they had to do, I would like to convince you, I want to stop there for a moment, and I would like to convince somebody that you can have your answer today. Oh, well, I didn't really come expecting to get an answer today. You can have your answer today. Well, I, I'm not really comfortable in a crowd of people, but you can have your answer today. Well, I'm not really a member of Christian life. You can have your answer today. All you got to do is push. All you got to do is whatever it takes. If you have sickness in your body, there's a healer in the house. If you have a need, there is a provider in the house. If you need salvation, there is a Savior in the house. Whatever it is that you need, Jesus is here and he will go a little farther to reach you. Jesus looked at that crippled man and he did something. Listen to me. He did something that nobody in the house expected him to do. Everyone anticipated that Jesus would just reach down and lift the man up off the bed, and he did in time. But at that moment, he did something that they didn't expect because the first thing that Jesus did in Mark chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But he came, expected just to be healed. I just want healing from my body. I don't want anything else to change. I like my life like it is other than this condition that I'm in. I don't really need anything else. God, I just need you to heal me. But Jesus looked at him and he saw not the outward man, but he looked on the heart of man and he said, I will heal you, but I'm going to do something first. Son, thy sins be forgiven me. Wasn't what they came for, but they got more than they expected. I'm talking about a God that will go a little further because Jesus went beyond their expectation. They hoped Jesus would heal his body, but before his body was healed, his spirit was made whole. I don't know what you came to this service expecting today, but I want to tell you that he always goes beyond your expectations. When you come to Jesus, he will give you more joy than you expected. He will give you more peace than what you expected because Jesus always goes a little further. I'm not preaching to you this morning about a coping mechanism to help you get through life. I'm not coming this morning just to give you a crutch to get through life and to deal with life's problems. 
but rather I'm preaching to you today about a God that can fix your life's problems. I'm not talking about a God that will just put a band-aid on it and let you get through today and just let you get through tomorrow the same way that you are today. But I'm preaching to someone who's sick and tired of the life that you've been living. You're sick and tired of the condition that you're in. And I want to introduce you to a man named Jesus who will go a little further than you ever expected. And he will fix your life. Fix it. Matthew chapter 8 tells us about a man, the Bible calls him a leper, who learned about Jesus going a little further. You see, just like in this day, in that day, leprosy was a horrific disease. It was simply a death sentence on your life. One who was diagnosed with leprosy was cast out of society to live out the rest of their days in a leper colony so that they would not spread that terrible disease. Kind of sounds like social distancing, doesn't it? Six feet apart. They were forced to cry out, unclean! To anyone that would approach them as a warning to say, stay away because you don't want what I have. Stay away. I'm unclean. Watch out for yourself. They were separated from their families. They're unable to work, unable to hold and rock their children to sleep at night. They were dependent on whatever food that they could find that someone had discarded. They were relegated to picking through the trash just to get food to eat or maybe someone had, had some kindness and mercy about them and would leave some food at a distance and go away so they could come and eat it, whatever it was. But they were dependent on others for their existence. Matthew 8, 1 and 2 says it like this. That when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, this being Jesus. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. What faith he would have had to have had to approach Jesus. He could not even be in a crowd of people. But he came to this man named Jesus. Not only was he willing to come to where he was, he said, you don't, I don't know you and you don't know me. I know you from your reputation and what I hear. But I do know this, that you can make me clean. You know why? Do you know why he was there? You know why the leper was there? You ready? You ready for some great revelation? Because he had nowhere else to go. He had nowhere else to turn. Nobody, no doctor would touch him. No priest would touch him. Nobody would touch him. He had no 
where else to go because all of his options had run out. There was no solution to be had. Nothing else could be done for him. But he came to Jesus as a last resort. How terrible it is for most of us that we often make Jesus our last stop. You want, to get, you want me to get real with you today? When we've got a need, we turn everywhere else. We try to fix it on our own. We try to do it. We're, we're men. I'm a man. I can fix it. Unless you're Lytle, I'm a man, and I can break it. But we try, Scotty, we try everything. We try to fix it. I need more money. I need to get a better paying job. I need to search until I can try to get a raise on, on my job. And we try, and we try, and we try. And when all else fails, then we go to Jesus. But I submit to you today that somebody in this place needs to make Jesus your first priority. You may be in a mess right now. Your life may be terrible, and you may not know where to, to turn, and you don't know what else to do. But let me tell you that you can go to Jesus. You can approach him. Others have turned their backs on you. Others have said, I don't want anything to do with you. But Jesus is standing there with arms wide open, and he, and he is willing to go a little further to reach where you're at and to touch your life. But I would like to tell you that just like the case of this leper, there is no answer for life other than Jesus. Your friends can't fix your life. Your family can't heal your soul. There isn't a book that you can that can bring you out of the pit of sin that you are there is no self-help manual there is no self-help uh, uh, YouTube video that you can watch but Jesus is the only answer for a broken life Jesus is the only answer for sickness in your body come to Jesus We understand that this man comes toward Jesus, but the truly amazing thing is what happened next. And that is that Jesus started walking toward him. Everyone else started backing up, trying to keep their distance. As the man walked to where Jesus was, everybody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like I try to wasn't thinking I tried to shake somebody's hand the other day and they went, whoa. They were backing up, trying to get away, trying to put some distance between them and this man. But Jesus began moving closer. People began to say, well, hey, hey, that's far enough, Jesus. But he went a little further. Hey, hey, Jesus, it's not worth the risk. But Jesus went a little further. You, you don't know how dirty he is. You don't know what he has wrong with him. But Jesus went a little 
further. Voices around you may be telling you how unworthy you are and how unclean you are. But I want to tell you that it doesn't matter what others think. It doesn't matter what you even think about yourself because Jesus is moving closer because he always goes a little farther. Matthew 8 and 3 says that Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him. Jesus did the unthinkable. Nobody would have gone that far. But Jesus went where no one else was willing to go. He went a little further and he touched a leper. I want to preach to you today and tell you that it's just simply his nature to go a little farther. He reaches to that one that everyone else has given up on. He cares about those that don't even know him. He touches the one that everybody else runs from because it's his nature to go farther. Bible tells us that he touches him and he says, I will be thou clean. The miracle took place and the leper was cleansed because Jesus was willing to go a little farther. See, when I first came to Jesus, He had every right to walk away from me. He had every right to say, you're unclean. You're messed up. You're dirty. Get some things right. Clean up a little bit. Then come to me. He had every right to turn his back on me. But when I took one step towards Jesus, he took about 20 steps towards me. Does anybody in this building know what I'm preaching about this morning? That when you take a step, Jesus takes 10 steps to you. When nobody else had time for you, Jesus went a little further. When everyone else gave up on you, Jesus went a little further. And when he got to where you were at, he touched you and your life was never the same. Oh, if, you, if God's ever touched your life, why don't you lift your hands in this place right now? Come on. I want you to remember where God found you at. Why don't you remember where God delivered you from, where God brought you out of? I'm closing this morning. And yes, this will be my only closing today. Though there are many accounts all throughout the Scripture, perhaps none better illustrates just how far Jesus would go than does Luke chapter 15. It's often referred to as the lost chapter. Not, no, it's not been misplaced. But it's called the lost chapter because in chapter 15, 
It contains the record of three lost things. Number one, the lost sheep. Number two, the lost coin. Number three, the lost son. And in one day, Jesus relates all three parables to those around that he was teaching. But I'm going to focus on the first. In closing today, the first account that has to do with the lost sheep that wanders away from the master. I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost today. The Bible doesn't say what caused the sheep to become distant. You see that lamb spent time in the flock. It knew the church. It knew what the church was all about. It knew the shepherd. It knew the shepherd's voice. It knew the shepherd's touch. It knew the joy of being in the flock with the rest of the church family. It would come and it would interact. It would mingle. I don't know if sheep shake hands, but it would shake hands. It would recount the activities of the day prior and that week. It was comfortable in the flock. Felt good to be in the flock. But for some reason, the sheep wandered off, left, went away. Maybe, I, I, I don't know why, maybe, maybe it was a storm because sheep too go through storms. Storms can be scary, lightning, thunder, winds. Maybe that's what would had caused the sheep to go away. Or maybe, maybe it was a predator that it heard. Maybe it heard the howl of a wolf or the growl of a bear or the roar of a lion. Maybe it heard those things and it become afraid. And it was afraid that that predator was going to get into the flock. And it was afraid that perhaps that it was going to be the one eaten or the one taken. So it leaves and, and it, it leaves in fear to try to find a safe place to hide. Maybe, maybe the sheep didn't get to experience enough in life. Maybe it wanted to sow some wild oats and experience some things in its life. And maybe that's why it left, because the flock was just too confining. Perhaps, maybe it was wounded by another sheep in the flock that it thought was a friend. And it caused it to leave and to say, I'm not going back because I got hurt there. Or maybe it simply got careless and just drifted away a little at a time. Got a little further away. When the shepherd would let it out of the gate, maybe the first day 
maybe the first day it just went a little farther than the rest of the flock. And then the next day when it got let out, went a little farther because it felt. Maybe it just drifted away and over time, maybe it went farther than it ever intended to go. I, I, I don't know. But somehow, time and circumstances caused it to get more and more distant from the shepherd. Whatever the case may be, and I'm not here to debate that this morning, but whatever the case may be, we find that this sheep wandered a long way from the safety of the flock. Probably couldn't tell you how it got there. But now it's alone in the darkness. But it remembers a time when the shepherd used to hold it. The shepherd used to rock it when it was fearful in that storm. And those soothing arms and that soothing voice that it knew so well would just let that little sheep know everything's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I got, I got you. I, I got you. You're safe with me. But remember the time when the shepherd used to hold it, used to love it, used to speak to it and let it know that everything was going to be all right. But now it's all alone wishing it could It would have never wandered so far away. If only... I could do some things over. If only I could go back and change some things that I've done. I don't even know how to get back. I've gone so far that I've lost my way. I'm scared and I'm alone. I'm embarrassed. The choices I've made. Even if I could get back today, too embarrassed about what the master would say. I'm a little embarrassed and afraid of what he may say to me. Would he turn me away? Would he tell me, no, you thought it was better out there, so you just... Whatever the case, wondered and was alone. Maybe that's you here this morning. Maybe you say, I've gone. I've gone farther than I ever wanted to go. I stayed longer than I ever wanted to stay. I just was going to have a good time. and was going to come back and get my life in order and get everything right. I was just going to have a good time for a while. But I didn't intend to be here. Maybe that's you. But listen to this preacher. I have good news for you today. Because while the sheep was out, while it was out of the flock and it was lost all by itself, thinking that no one knows or even cares that they're gone. The Bible tells us that as the, sh the shepherd gathered that flock in that night for the newcomer 
shepherd's job was to take care of those sheep and he had to make sure that the journey of the day, the watering and the feed, that every sheep was there so he gathers them in. He begins to count one, two, three, 56, 72, 80, 97, 98, 99. I just, I just miscounted. One, two, three, four, 54, 82, 97, 98, 99. Where's that one? Where's number 100? Where'd he go? He counts again, frantic this time. One, two, three, four, 98, 99. The Bible says that while that sheep was out there alone, and he begins to count, and he notices that that sheep is not there. The Bible says, now listen, no one would have blamed him had he said, well, I've got 99 here. I'm missing one. Mortality rate, that's pretty good. blamed him had he said, we're just going to act like it never happened. I'll just tell my master that a lion came. That's not what happened. The Bible says that he left. Are you listening to me this morning? That he left the 99 in the fold. That he had that makeshift fence around them. And he goes and he grabs his coat and he grabs a lantern, and he grabs his staff because the road may get rocky along the way. And he goes out, and he shuts the gate because he knows as long as the other 99 stay within the fence that they'll be okay. But he left the 99 to go and find the one. The one. He goes traversing Lord only knows what kind of terrain and environment. And the master himself has got his coat on. And he's got a light. He's like, he's got to be around here somewhere. He's got to. He used to be. This was his favorite place. I remember when he used to sit here. And he, but he's got to be here somewhere. And he goes out and he searched. I don't know how long it took. Maybe a few hours. Maybe a few days. Maybe a few weeks. But the Bible said that he searched until he found the one. Listen to me this morning. You may be the one that's lost. You may be the one that, that wandered away and you feel all alone and like the master doesn't care. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus will go a little further than you ever thought he would go in order to find you wherever you have wandered. God's looking for you, sir. God's looking for you, ma'am. God's looking for you, young person. You're not alone, but the master has left the flock 
to come and find you because he's willing to go a little farther. Come on, somebody rejoice this morning. Somebody give God glory this morning. nature of the shepherd to go farther than you ever thought he would go and I want to simply end this message and give you an opportunity by asking you is there anyone in this place that maybe you've strayed a little too far you've walked away you've been gone a little too long is there anybody here that you've left the safety of the flock and maybe you haven't gone as far as some have gone, but you've slipped away a little farther than you ever wanted to. I'm here to tell you that God's searching for you this morning. God, God is looking for you this morning. And although you may think that he might turn you away, he's going to welcome you with open arms. He's going to say, I've been, I've been looking for you. I've looked everywhere. I found you. farther. He'll look longer. He will not give up on the one who's lost. And I'm thankful today that he didn't give up on me. I'm thankful today that one day he came looking for me. I'm thankful that one day he found me where I was. Maybe it's you I preach you today. I don't know. I wish I could come to you right now. I don't know who you are, but I open these altars right now and say that you can come back. You can come to Jesus. He'll meet you here. If you take one step, Jesus will take two steps. He will go a little farther. Would you come this morning?
He's searching for somebody. He's searching for that one. He's searching for that one that's loved. 